Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's been a wonderful journey of almost 10 years. Next year, the Omega Task is going to turn 10 years. And we've seen the hand of the Lord bless this ministry in such way. You probably remember over 10 years ago, we were raising funds to have a property to be able to run the ministry. So the Lord provided that. Then we needed a missions house and the Lord provided that. We needed a playground, the Lord did it too. And uh, then we started the project with the coffee house and the Lord also provided that. And it's been a, a journey of seeing lives being transformed, which is more important than all those things the Lord provided to help us bring this message to the communities. Then why is this year so important? This year, the Lord gave us the opportunity to see the first children that had been coming to the kids' clubs all these years, that, that then are also part of the youth program now, they are studying college. So they are going to become the first professionals in the history of their families. Then why is this important? You know, they will break a cycle of poverty, but they won't be just professionals. They are going to be followers of Christ that will make disciples of the future generations. So this is how God is transforming our community in many ways with the pregnancy center, with the youth program, with the kids clubs, with the Bible distribution. We've been going to over 600 homes now and gave them a Bible and encouraged them to follow Jesus and also pray and read the Bible. We live, we live in very difficult times, but this times that are dark is where his light is going to shine brighter because light shines through darkness and darkness will never overcome light and that is the word of God and it is powerful and I just wanted to tell you that like my good friend and mentor Pastor Ron says it takes a team to fulfill a dream and all that the Lord has done in Costa Rica has been possible because of having a big ohana that is backing up, helping us, being there, praying for us, sending teams. So this year we are sharing with you the project of building these tiny homes to be able to host you better when you come. So we would like to share this project with you. We would like to build four of these homes so when you come, in the case of you having children or you come with your wife or you just need your privacy to go there and visit us, we are developing this project this year. We want to encourage you to help us meet the goal that we have. We are considering that each tiny home will cost around $10,000 and we want to build four of those. This Homes are also going to be functional for long-term volunteers that can come and help us. And this is a prayer request for you. Of all the different missions that we visited through the years, we found out that volunteers is always a prayer request. You know, we need more hands. As we grow, we need more people to come and help us. So these tiny homes are also help us in that matter for people that come and work with us long term we also would like to share with you 
and that this year God gave us the opportunity to produce coffee. As you may know, coffee is becoming a great tool to be able to share the gospel in places where the gospel is not welcome. So there are many people actually gathering in coffee houses in places where it's not allowed. So coffee can be a great tool. So we have a coffee house and the missionaries that work with us get, you know, generate an income through that work so they can be volunteers with us. So we open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the other days are, you know, work days that we do ministry and we reach out to the community and do the kids clubs and the youth programs and everything. So the coffee house is a platform that generates the income that they need to be able to do that. And that's also a way that we use to support the mission. So in this way, missions can become self-sustaining. You know, it's still going to be, you know, more years for us to be able to accomplish that specific goal. But the coffee house has become that ministry tool that we prayed it was going to be. So people that won't go to a church goes to a coffee house and gets to build relationships and ultimately hear the gospel and come to Jesus. It's been a wonderful journey to see that happen there. And that's also been possible because of the help of a big family working together. So we really have a great, a great report about Costa Rica and all the things that God is doing there. And we just wanted to share with you a big gracias, mahalo, thank you to everybody who's been there with us from the beginning. So next year, we are going to celebrate 10 years of the Omega Task. And now we are, you know, praying for the next 10 years to come. As we all know, we would like Jesus to come back today. But if he doesn't come today and if he doesn't come the next year, we pray that he will find us doing what he called us to do. So thank you again for being part of the dreams of the Lord for Costa Rica and the nations. <laughs> so this, this morning we are going to be talking about the transformation of the disciple. And we are going to be studying the life of this great apostle, Peter. You know, Peter was such a character, so beautiful, so impulsive, I would say. You know, he would just say the wrong thing, you know, many times. And every once in a while, he would say the right thing, and then just a few verses later, fall into a mistake again. So... I would like to say that in a way, we all are Peter, and we all are in a process of transformation. So we are going to go to Luke, and we will go to the verse 5, and I'm going to read um, this for you. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Verse 8. Amen. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Another version says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. 
We cannot be near God and not recognize our sinfulness. This moment in the life of Peter, as he witnesses the first of many miracles, makes him go from calling Jesus Master to calling him Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. We just thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your glory, to proclaim your grace upon us. We pray, dear Lord, that during this time of worship and your word, you're going to speak to our hearts. Lord, we give you full and complete control to what you want to share with your church at Calvary Chapel North, to what you want to speak to our hearts as we go through your word. Thank you, Lord, for the great joy of having a place where we can study your word as it is, with no artificial ingredients, just your word, Lord. We want more of you, Jesus. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. Come upon us. Teach us. Help us become what you want us to be. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So as you remember the story and how this happened, Peter and his friends were trying to fish all night. And they tried all night and they got a lot of fish. They got nothing. And then Jesus comes and he tells them, give a try. And Peter said, Master, at this moment he's calling him Master. And he's telling him, because you say so, I'm going to do it. And in Luke 5, 8, at this very moment, when Jesus tells them to do so, they catch such as abundant quantity of fish that the nets start what? Breaking. And the boats start what? Sinking. And Peter is witnessing this, and he falls on his knees, and he tells Jesus, Lord, depart from me. For I am a sinful man. So when we are close to God, when we come near to him, when we experience what he's doing in our lives, we cannot but start a process of transformation. And this moment in the life of Peter is so important because he is at that very moment understanding that Jesus is not just any other master, but God. But the Messiah that he's going to proclaim later when Jesus himself asks him, who do you say I am? So this process of transformation starts with Peter. And what is Jesus' answer? Jesus tells him, fear not, from now on, you are going to be fishing for people. 
And Peter started a process of transformation where he was going to see an abundance, not of fish, but of people coming to the Lord. And my prayer is that today we all will come to the understanding that we are in a process that we can come to Jesus exactly how we are, but we won't stay like that. We are going to be transformed, and he's going to call us to the full purpose of his will for our lives. We have another moment, and I want you to go to Matthew. We are going to be visiting different places in the process of this transformation that happens to Peter. So I want you to go to Matthew 16. And we are going to read the verses 16 and 17. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verses 16 and 17. As you remember, people are starting to talk and say things about who Jesus is. So the people are starting to wonder, who is this man? And you remember that they were saying different things. But Jesus comes and he asks them, who do you say I am? So I'm going to read uh, the verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, there was a bunch of people saying different things and they said what, what they said, right? But Jesus is interested in knowing who do you say I am? He was interested in what the disciples, you know, the people, he was investing his time, discipling them. Who do you say I am? Okay, you told me who you said, who they said that I am, but who do you say I am? So this is the moment when Peter answered because Peter was always ready to answer. He was always ready to say something. He was always ready to even do something that we are going to see later. So he had to answer, and he answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So imagine this for a moment. Ponder this as we study it today. You know, we are talking about the son of the Most High, that for the Pharisees was just the son of Mary and the car carpenter Joseph, right? So they saw this child grow, and he is now preaching the gospel of the good news and saying the kingdom is at hand. But now you have Peter who's his disciple, who started a process of transformation, and he's just saying it exactly how it is in what we proclaim today. Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God. So in verse 17, 
Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. That means son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father who's in heaven. Which gives us a very important piece of information. You remember that Jesus was in constant communion with the Father and he was always telling him what to say to them. But now he is revealing here that the Father can also reveal things to you and I. He can also talk to you and I because Jesus came to bring reconciliation between the Father and his children because we were enemies, because we all fell short. So, as we can see that we all are Peter, we are going to visit this moment. This just happens a few verses later this moment. You know, Jesus just told Peter, you are blessed because God himself revealed you something. And then we will go in that same place. We will just go to verse 21 in that same chapter 16. Verse 21. And it says, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. From the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day so in the verse 22 Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him you see Peter was rebuking Jesus saying God forbid it Lord this shall never happen to you but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. And I want to ask you this. Did it ever happen to you? Did you ever stumble? Did you ever fall? Did you ever have any kinds of mistakes did you ever feel that you were growing like having a transformation in the Lord and then suddenly you are literally being rebuked we all are Peter and we all are in a process of transformation and we can use his walk with Christ to be reminded that we all need to continue in that process of growth. We are going to go to Matthew 17. So we continue to the next chapter. A lot of wonderful things the disciples got to experience in their walk with Christ. And this is a very important moment. In Matthew 17, we will start reading in verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, 
the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know, Peter is like a child, right? And he loves Jesus. He deeply loves Jesus. And this is something that we are going to study today. You know, it clearly says here that there was other people there present. But Peter had to say it, right? And this part is so interesting because it, it, there's no answer. I mean, he was rebuked not long ago. Now he's having this idea. He doesn't want Jesus to go and suffer and fulfill his purpose because he loves him. I mean, it's a natural, you know, desire or reaction. I'll tell you that we have a good, you know, let's say intention doesn't mean that what we want is actually what God wants or what he's trying to speak to us. So we are going to read the verse 5 in that uh, same chapter 17. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. In a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And something very important, listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. You know, Jesus keeps telling us, and he keeps telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have plans for you. I am with you. I have a purpose for you. I have a will to, to fulfill that purpose. Fear not. We are going to visit this moment in Matthew 14, 25 to 33. So we just go back a little bit here in Matthew. We go to the chapter 14. And I'm going to start reading in the verse 25. 
I'll read it for you. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. In the verse 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, this moment in the life of Peter, you know, the master, his Lord, is asking him, Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why do you have such little faith? I'm telling you, fear not. And it is a reminder to all of us to remember once again that we are in a path of transformation to be more like Jesus. To say what he says. To do what he does. You know, to extend his kingdom. He could do this by himself, but he called us to be part of this his plan to redeem every nation. We are going to John 13. So we'll just go to the fourth gospel. And we will go to the chapter 13. And we'll start reading on the verse 33. And it really gets my attention, the loving way Jesus speaks to his children and how he calls them children. They are grown-up men, but they are his children, and we are his children. So in John 14, chapter 33, I mean verse 33, I read it for you. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told you, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Verse 36. Simon Peter asked him. Lord. Where are you going? Jesus replied. Where I'm going. You cannot follow now. But you will follow later. Peter asked. Lord. Why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. So we'll have a little pause here. You know. Peter first is asking Jesus where he is going, but he, he understands 
that this is where Jesus is going is about dying. So he says, I am willing to do that. Because like we talked before, Peter is very impulsive. And he says that he is willing to lay down his life. But then Jesus answered in the verse 38, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. You'll know how the story goes. This is what made Peter famous. And this is because we tend to highlight, and this is just because we tend to highlight mistakes rather than the positive in many occasions. But this is not the end. You know, Jesus is going to suffer. And you know the story, and you know that Peter is going to be so afraid of what is happening that he denies Jesus. But this is not the end, and the master is not done with his disciple. So we will go to John 21. John 21, verses 15 and 19. So I read it for you. John 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? So think about this for a moment. Jesus suffered. Jesus was crucified. And then he came back from the dead to ask his disciple if he loves him more. So think for a moment this. You know, Peter, he saw everything. He went through everything. He denied his master, whom he loves deeply. You can see it through all the Gospels. You can see it everywhere. No one, I think, would be able to doubt how much Peter loved his master. But he had his struggles, right? He, he had his weaknesses, like we all do. So he will have all these reactions. But now the master is back from the dead to ask Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? And the answer of the disciple, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, 
Do you love me? And every question, every moment Jesus asks him, it's like every time he denied him, no, I don't know who he is. Yes, I love you. No, I don't know who he is. And he started cursing and saying, you know, using the bad words the fishermen use to, to not sound like them. Once again, but it says here, the third time he said to him this, Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. It's, he's, he's there, he's cornered, he's being confronted, and he's being given once again his purpose back. You know, Jesus didn't come back from the dead to say, Peter, I told you so. You denied me and I don't want to see you. You denied me and now I don't have a purpose for you. He came back from the dead to ask him, do you love me? I got a purpose for you to fulfill feeding my lambs, taking care of my sheep. So Jesus is back to reinstate Peter. To remind him that he is still not done with him. And he's still not done with you. And Jesus is asking you today, do you love me? He is reminding you today that he is not done with you. That he has a will, a purpose for you. Peter. Was in front of a Jesus. A forgiving Jesus. First of all. A resurrected Jesus. That's coming back to tell him. Peter we are not done here. I got a task for you. I want to ask you. What is. The most valuable thing. For a shepherd. What is the most precious thing Jesus could give to his disciple? And tell him, do you love me? Take care of my most precious treasure. Yes, you, you denied me, and I don't even remember that. I just remember now that I have a will and a purpose for you. And here you have my treasure. Feed them. You know, during our time here, we got the opportunity to go and do evangelism at the pier. Here at Hanalei, go to Lidgate with my good friend Steve. We saw people come to the Lord. Those 
All those, the lost, like we were singing today, today is the day the lost are found. And in this island, you have such unique opportunity because people from all the world come here. We got to talk from people from Vietnam, from Mexico, from Russia, from Germany, a lot of people from California. People from all over the earth come here. So we got to go there and tell them, Jesus loves you and he's calling you today. You know, call calling. And we saw people come to the Lord. And you know, people may say, well, that's not politically correct. We shouldn't talk about those things. Well, people can have opinions. We are in a season of life where we need to decide, well, people's opinions are important or God's opinion is important. We really need to really stand for our ground because Jesus forgave us and he gave us this task of, sh of sharing his good news with every nation. His most precious treasure is every lamb that is out there that's still wandering without a shepherd. And you know that this really made Jesus' heart sad. And he was sad because they had no shepherd. But he sent us all to proclaim his glory and his power on a world that needs salvation. So Jesus and Peter get to have this conversation. And gives back the purpose to Peter. And then in that same verse 17. He continues speaking and Jesus said feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And that takes me back to the moment Jesus was calling his first disciples. And did you remember how it says that he called them and then it says at once. You know, at once they left everything behind. Did you ever imagine this moment? You know, all the movies that we saw about Jesus kind of help us imagine. They couldn't resist Jesus' calling. Can you resist it? That is the question that I have for you. Can you resist that calling? 
It was like this mesmerizing moment. They will do, they, there was the tax collector and he was there with all the money and Jesus will come and say, follow me. He will just leave everything behind. Then there was the fishermen and they will do and you know everything and catching fish and had the nets in hands and Jesus will come and tell them, follow me. And they will at once leave everything. What will you leave behind to follow Jesus? What will you just at once leave behind to follow him? Peter was confronted with a prophecy that he had to understand when Jesus was being arrested, that was his greatest fear. He said that he will go to death, but he had a fear of death. He said that he will lay down his life, but he was fearful. And when he saw it coming, he had to deny him. But at this moment in his transformation, Jesus is giving him a prophecy and telling him, this is going to happen to you. Follow me. And Peter did. And Peter became the great apostle that we know. As you may remember, Peter was a fisherman. He was not like well-educated like all the other people. And nevertheless, in his first sermon, 3,000 people came to the Lord. The masters of the law and the Pharisees were astonished because they were like, why is this person talking with such authority? He's not this Peter the fisherman. Well, now he was out there fulfilling the purpose that Jesus had for him. And there is a moment in the life of Peter that is so beautiful and powerful and I want you to go to Acts 3 verse 6 Acts 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, you know, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What do you have? What did you receive from the Lord? Did you receive joy? Did you receive grace? Have you been saved? It is so powerful to see that this person that couldn't walk, that was that like that from the day he was born and was there at the door of that church, and he's asking for money. He's asking for just, you know, let's say a monetary blessing. 
But here comes Peter, fully transformed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and looks at this man and tells him, I have no silver, no gold, but I know what I have, and I give it to you. Stand, walk, and it happened right there at that moment. Peter had a way greater treasure in his hand to be shared with this man instead of few coins. He went from catching fish to being the apostle, the great apostle Peter. And in Acts 2, 40, 41, I read it for you, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I want to ask you, was this the Peter that ran to cut the ear of the servant when Jesus was being arrested? You remember, he stroked his man with a sword and he cut his ear. Was this the Peter that rebuked Jesus and said, no, no, don't, that would never happen to you. Was this the Peter that wanted, wanted to build those shelters? Was this the Peter that sank into the water? This was a fully transformed new person with a purpose, with a hope greater than anything the world had to offer. None of them could resist the calling Jesus gave them. And none of them could resist to pay the price. As we can read here, it says, save yourselves of this corrupt generation. We certainly live in times that have a lot of bad news that they share with us every day. But I want you to, I want to remind you this morning, his hope is greater, his love is greater, his joy is greater, and the purpose that Jesus has for you is going to be fulfilled. We know and have the understanding that this will that he has for us is greater than anything else that we may want to accomplish on this earth. So this, morn this morning I would like to close in prayer. And I would like to invite you to come here. If you feel that you are still in the process of transformation. And that you need to come and grow stronger. And be more committed. Like Pastor Steve said earlier. We've been sharing about. Commitment. Commitment to be more present with evangelism on this island. Commitment to be more present in the different ministries.
commitment to embrace the truth of God for such generation. This generation is so concerned about offending one another, but is not concerned about offending God. So we really need to go back to our foundations and be the men and women God needs us to be right here and right now. We would like to pray for you. I would also like to encourage our pastors and deacons and ushers to come so we can pray for all of you in closing prayer. Jesus is calling you. He is calling you to a greater commitment. He's calling you to a greater, you know, deep knowledge of his word and what he wants for you in your life. So let's stand and pray. And the ones that would like prayer can come up here and the pastors and ushers and deacons will be praying for you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus our Lord is calling you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus is calling you today, and he's encouraging you through his Holy Spirit. I have more for you. I have more for you. You know, we make mistakes and sometimes we are like the Apostle Peter at the feet of Jesus and telling him, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And that's the first step. We recognize our position before a healing, all-knowing, powerful God. We pray for healing and transformation. God's not done with this island. God's not done with the United States. We praise you, Jesus. And we praise you for all that you're going to do through this, your nation, because this nation belongs to Christ, the Lord, who died for us and bought us all with his blood. We pray for healing and transformation. We pray together believing 
that God is calling us all for transformation and healing, for a purpose, for a hope. He knows the plans that he has for you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are at the highest place and we proclaim your glory at this place. And we thank you for what you are doing in our hearts, encouraging us and calling us to your purpose, to your will, to your transformation. I pray today for every child that you have here that belongs to you. We are your children, Lord, and we are growing and sometimes we are like the Apostle Peter and we are impulsive and we say the wrong things or we make the wrong decisions. But we are grateful, Lord, that you keep asking us that question. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Take care of my sheep. We thank you, Jesus, because you call us exactly how we are and come as you are. Because Jesus wants to transform you. He wants to heal you. We pray for healing here in the name of Jesus. We proclaim your healing upon the people at this place that may be suffering illness. We proclaim your healing upon this place, your transformation, your restoration, your unity, your forgiveness, your hope, your joy, your grace. We proclaim upon this place. And we thank you, Jesus, because you come to us knowing exactly everything about us. And you still say, I want to use you. I want to partner with you. Hey, I got a task for you. Do you love me? We love you, Lord. And we are just so grateful that you will cause your own, that you will give us this love that is everlasting, this joy that is everlasting, this grace that is everlasting. We praise your name, Jesus, and we pray for everyone who came forward for this new season in their lives. We pray in the name of Jesus upon your lives for the blessing the Lord has for you at this moment of your life. Be ready and encouraged. For the Lord has plans for you, for transformation, not just for you, but for family members. You've been praying all these years that they will come to the knowledge and the understanding that Jesus loves them. That they will come to the knowledge that you have of his joy and transformation. We thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful, powerful opportunity you've given us to experience your forgiveness and your transformation to be born again in you. We remember today the words of Jeremiah 31.3. 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. So the Lord tells you today, you are mine. And I just wonder if is there any higher power that will be able to change the words of God upon us. Are we listening to the right voice? You are what God says you are. You are his beloved one. And your identity and your authority comes from him who created heavens and earth. So we thank you, Lord, because you call us your own. You pronounce those words upon us. You are mine. So whatever is your situation in your place in life right now, the light of Jesus shines brighter through darkness. And darkness would never overcome light. We pray in your almighty name, Jesus, and all God's people say, Amen.